Okay, well, I'm going to start anyhow, and whoever joins, you know, they're welcome to join at any time. So welcome to the new Game of Leadership Summit. I'm, I'm very, very thankful for your time, because I know that for a lot of you, as for Anita, it's the end of the day, she's had a hard day of work for other people, you know, they just have to take slots of their time, working hours, and... Uh, and you're hoping that you're not wasting your time. So I'm going to do my best <laughs> that you don't waste your time today. We're going to be doing a lot of practical self-reflection and exercises on the topic of discovering your meaning. Uh, and I'm going to explain what meaning is. But before I tell you what I'm going to talk about, I'm briefly going to present myself so that you know who you're dealing with here. <laughs> my name is Zorina Dimitrova. I'm Bulgarian. I'm living in Austria for the past 10 years and for the past 20 years I've lived in five countries in Europe where I've mostly studied and some of them I've worked. Um, I'm uh, running two platforms at the moment. One of them is healandlearn.com and the other one growandlearn.org and these platforms offer trainings, one of them for individuals, the other one for uh, organizations and people in a working environment. Um, on topics of personal and professional development. Uh, Heal and Learn is a bit more focused on um, the aspect of spirituality. Although similar things are taught in both platforms, they just have a bit of a different focus. So um, I've invited um, people, coaches and trainers on personal and professional development uh, for this summit. Some of them are... Um, some of them are psychologists, some of them um, are organizational developing specialists. A lot of them have been in very high positions before switching to coaching careers. So they have a lot of experience to share. So um, I started these platforms after having a career in a corporate career in a telecommunications company for more than 10 years. Um, I worked in Bulgaria, in, in uh, Belgium, in Austria. In Austria, I worked for a uh, for a group structure in, um, in departments, uh, first controlling and then strategy. Um, and so the, the move towards my own business uh, was not sudden. It was actually very gradual, although the actual execution of the move was quite sudden. But uh, uh, it took a lot of thinking for me to realize what I actually want to do. And in this one hour now, um, I'd like to make sure you understand that defining meaning and finding meaning doesn't necessarily mean you have to switch your job or quit your job or start your own business. You can discover meaning in what you're doing in your everyday work. Because meaning, the way I see it is or can be uh, very easily addressed through three aspects. One of them is self-awareness. So um, that is knowing yourself better and specifically your mindset, training your mindset. The other one is your relationships, how I understand other people, what they show me about myself and how I can have and build better relationships with other people. And the third one is purpose, which for many people means a direction in life or a final destination it means a final destination like a, a goal but it is actually the road to the goal how you live your life because 
you know, purpose, and this is where I'm going to start with. I was going backwards with the three topics I'm going to talk about today. But purpose, um, actually, let me finish the introduction. I want to tell you a bit about my personal life as well before I begin. So I live in Austria. I've been working from home for four years. I have a child that is four year old. So I usually work um, till noon and then in the evening. So um, my day is quite irregular in terms of working times and therefore I'm um, I, I'm very appreciative of flexibility in general not only in my life but you know it's always been um, the way for me uh, I also believe that flexibility allows you to be more creative how I've designed this call today is also in a flexible manner. And this is how I design all my trainings. So I never prepare them to the, to the dot, to the full stop, because I always allow for people to bring their own experiences, their own questions, so I can adjust the content. And so if you have any questions, please type them or unmute yourself and speak. Um, just I'd like to warn you in advance that um, I'm recording and these recordings will be available afterwards for all the participants um, so you will be on the recording and unless you don't want to be on the recording then type your question in the chat okay so now to the topic of purpose um, you know purpose sounds like something super grand people think that uh, we need to have and to achieve something tremendous in our lives to uh, I don't know change the world in an amazing way to leave our impact, to leave our legacy, all these grand words. But in the end, we are leaving a legacy just by living. We are impacting everybody in our lives. We are impacting our relationships. We are impacting um, our close colleagues, our teammates. So you're always leaving an impact. That shouldn't be a question of the, uh, of the importance and the, and the scope. How many people am I affecting? You are affecting for sure everybody you're communicating with. So it's your responsibility to live according to your own integrity. And purpose is always built on integrity, on values. So you cannot have a purpose that is far away, detached from your values. And so uh, I'm not going to talk about now uh, defining your values, because this is something that you've probably done in other trainings. I'm going to give you some very simple questions that will lead you towards your purpose. Like what is your inbuilt inclination to do in the world? Um, so we are born with certain skills and with certain inclinations. This doesn't mean that, uh, that this is what we have developed or this is what we are supposed to do uh, or that this gives us the greatest joy. So the question is now to combine the things and to think deeply about these aspects of life that we are good at, that give us joy and that we can do well. So this is the sweet spot this is the sweet spot that if we write if we were to write down what gives us joy what we do well and um, 
what was the third thing? What we what gives a joy? What we do well? What we want to do as well? What our aspirations are? Uh, we can discover what our purpose is. So, with this said, how do I define purpose in a organizational environment? Because you're saying, uh, okay, I enjoy watching videos about astrology in the evening, or I enjoy. Uh, watching videos about workouts or about mindset, but yet I'm doing an accounting job. So how do I match all of that? Sorry, Shile, did you want to say something? No, okay. Um, so how do I mix all of these things? How do I put them together? Well, when I was working in um, in controlling and then in strategy, I was doing a completely different job. So what I actually enjoy doing is speaking to people, organizing um, events, trainings, um, distilling information and bringing it in an easy way to people. So I was doing exactly that. I was doing, of course, my regular job and what the requirements were. But on top, I was taking initiative to bring out these aptitudes that I naturally have. So I was organizing trainings for other people and I would invite an external speaker, for example, um, or I would design uh, uh, business models and would offer them to the management as, uh, as a business development project. So I would always do extra things that would give me motivation and drive in, in the work environment. And this is what I encourage you to do now. Find the thing that you're good at, that gives you joy, and that you're naturally inclined to do and introduce it to your job or you know with these times of COVID, i'm not wishing you that but if you are if you end up without a job um you know focus on the things that uh, that give you drive so on the purpose and either look for a new job where you can apply that or start a business where you can uh, apply these qualities of yours um, so that you can be successful because you can only be successful if you show up your own personal qualities, your own uniqueness. And uh, in addition to working with your purpose, you become more motivated and your creativity increases. Because if you're only doing what you're supposed to do, you know, the utility of salary, uh, we all know that, this statistic that after a certain threshold of your salary growing, um, the motivation goes down. So the utility of achieving more money actually diminishes after a certain thresh threshold. So how are people motivated then? They should be intrinsically motivated by themselves, by, you know, what the, exactly by these things. So what I suggest us to do now is to take two, three, five minutes to think about three questions. The first question is, um, what did I enjoy doing when I was a child? And this is an important question because uh, these are the, the natural inclinations that were there in you before you had any programming, um, any external, exactly, external programming on what you were supposed to do. Uh, for example, you may have 
enjoyed building things or painting or creating other stuff or making up theater plays, whatever you were enjoying, you're still carrying this thing inside of you, but maybe you have suppressed it. So what we're trying to do here is to take it out so that you can look at it and use it. So that's the first question. The second question that I'd like you to answer is, what do I enjoy doing every day, even if I'm sick? So what gives me energy? That's the second question. Uh, and the third question is, what am I good at? Or what do other people admire me for? Shall I repeat them? I'll repeat them once again. So the first question is, what did I enjoy doing as a child? The second question is, uh, what do I do in my free time and I enjoy doing and it gives me energy even if I'm sick? And the third question is, uh, what am I good at? And what do other people say I'm good at and admire me for? So let's take a few minutes. I'll leave you with the questions now. And um, I suggest we don't discuss them now. Maybe we leave some time at the end to, to see if, we, if you've had any realizations about what the sweet spot is between these three points, what, you, what you're inclined to do, what you do well, and what you enjoy doing. <clears throat> and if you've had any insights into how you can integrate this into your current job, because for sure there are aspects that you can plug in and, uh, you know, ma make yourself feel fulfilled because this is what real success is. As I, as I said, the utility of money diminishes after a while. So fulfillment is the success that we ultimately are looking for, even if we're not realizing it. All right. So the second thing that I'd like to talk about today uh, are relationships. And I know that uh, Ishlai has a, a lot of, uh, she has a whole webinar focused on relationships specifically uh, in a working environment, how to build uh, working and successful relationships. I'm going to be talking from a more psychological perspective here. Uh, and this psychological perspective has very ancient roots. So we've all heard that people reflect very often the qualities that we carry and the people around us change according to um, our own view of ourselves, that if we would were to change ourselves, people would also change respectively and so on. So we've all heard about these theories and they're correct. Although I believe they need to be uh, clarified and pinpointed a bit more exactly. Because to say that uh, when somebody is harming you in a way and they exhibit qualities that are harmful to you represents something that you carry inside is not always correct. And um, now I would like to offer you seven aspects. I've, I've mentioned them as steps because these are steps that you can take to analyze your relationships. But these are actual, actually seven aspects in a way that people reflect us, reflect what we carry inside. And this is also a way we can manage our relationships. So what I'm going to be talking about are the 
seven Essene mirrors. These were kind of uh, commandments, but they were not commandments. These were um, guidelines for human interaction that were written in cuneiform tablets and found in the Dead Sea, on Dead Sea uh, cuneiform tablets. So not scrolls made of paper or skin, but I think they were actually written in tablets. Um, and they explained the way people uh, in the way people interact. So the first mirror that people show us is what we actually are. This is what we're all used to hearing. People reflect what we are. So in some cases, uh, this can be this can have a negative connotation. In some cases, it can be a positive connotation. For example, I am a happy, joyful person, and therefore I always meet meet people who make jokes. I always meet people who are also jolly. But it could be that um, that I am being stolen from. There was a robber in my house and I'm not a thief. So how does it happen that this thing happens to me? Well, one option is that I'm stealing from myself something that I'm not, there's something that is immaterial and I'm not realizing that I'm stealing from myself. For example, I'm allowing somebody to steal from my time. I'm allowing people to, um, to waste my time with conversations that burden me with heavy energy or uh, I give free advice or things like that. This could mean stealing from an aspect of you that is immaterial. So if you're experiencing something negative, ask yourself, where am I doing the same thing to myself? So this is mirror one, the people that reflect us directly. The second mirror, and maybe I would share my screen. No, I, I will share my screen when I ask you to do the exercise. The second uh, mirror is what we judge. So you can say, uh, I, I am not a cheat, but then I always get cheated by my private love relationships. And how does this happen? How does this reflect me? It could be that you're, you have a very strong uh, focus, very strong concentration uh, in, a, in the value of, um, of, of honesty and of faithfulness. And so you judge very much the opposite. The more you judge, the more you push something away, the more it is in your face. So it's showing you, you judge me too much, let it go. Or if you judge people that are unkempt or people that are... Um, that interrupt too much or whatever quality you have at work or bullying you, the more you judge them, the more you judge this type of behavior, the more you will be faced with it. So what the way to get rid of these mirrors, because these are learning mirrors and, and the learning is about yourself, is to actually recognize it and let it go. How do you let it go? By, by seeing, by realizing that this is actually what you judge too much. The third mirror is, uh, is, has to do with us uh, experiencing lack or missing something or an aspect of, of somebody. So it is the mirror of something we have lost, 
given away or had taken away from us. Um, it could be that as a child, you, uh, you had lost somebody and then you meet people that represent their qualities. It doesn't mean that you're attracted in a loving manner to them, but you just miss, miss these qualities and they're coming on to you. So, so there's the energy of lack and missing. The fourth mirror is our most forgotten love. It could be the second most forgotten love or something. It doesn't matter. And um, the question again is, what is an aspect of this most forgotten love that you're missing? Usually these are loves from childhood. So, um, so it, in, in many cases, what we are faced with and the people we feel attracted to not only in a, love, in a love relationship, but also at work, the people we feel attracted to very often show us this quality of our most forgotten love. So you can also analyze what have I forgotten? What am I missing in my life? You see, it all has to do with, um, with feelings that are imbalanced. So feelings about lack, missing, judgment, um, what else? Fear. So these are all unbalanced feelings. So when you recognize it, you become in balance, you become centered. And this is not a constant state of being. This is a process. We're always in movement. So it's always a realization, okay, I'm judging this. The question is to observe yourself, to become self-aware. Uh, in a spiritual world, people talk about consciousness, but in a business environment, people talk about self-awareness. In the end, it's the same thing. Okay, let's move on to the next mirror. The next mirror is of our father and mother. These are uh, the qualities of our closest family members when we were children, when, when we were formed, um, that people that we experience in other people. So in one of the, of the upcoming webinars from Mark Azule and Avia Didi, they talk about the, 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 the family dynamics that were represented in teams at work. So this is exactly this aspect, how the people that surround us very often, and this is from a psycho, modern psychology point of view, this is how we experience the relationships of our uh, family, the same dynamics we experience at work. So once you see it and recognize it, people stop bugging you because very often you have somebody pestering you and maybe it was your brother that did that. Anyhow, so the, the fifth mirror is father and mother and you will learn more about this aspect of family dynamics in the upcoming webinar. Um, the sixth mirror is uh, the fears. It's your quest for darkness. When we meet our biggest challenges and fears, what do we fear the most? Um, sometimes we are we, we fear that we're going to be poor or without money. So we are faced uh, with, a, with the biggest challenge. What do I do with that? That I'm left without a job. And the question is to deal with this fear, to see it, to recognize it, that this is what you're afraid of and to diminish the emotion, bring it into balance. And this is how it dissipates from your life. And the seventh one is... Um, self-perception 
um, it, it, it differs from who we are because it usually has a negative connotation. For example, um, do you have fear of public speaking? And uh, you may have a self-perception that you're a bad public speaker, but this is just a perception. And then you always uh, see people where, um, who are bad public spe speakers, or you always see the ugliness in people where you believe that you're not pretty enough. And, you know, think of the examples yourselves. So what I'd like you to do now is exactly that. I'm going to share the screen uh, with you, with the outline of the seven esteem mirrors. And I'd like you to think of a person that represents one person per mirror, let's say, that at some point in your life or now represents this mirror. Okay, let me share my screen. Um, all right. So here they are. If you would take three, four, five minutes to think about a person who is like you or uh, in a negative or in a positive way, who you judge strongly, what you have lost, given away or taken away or where you feel lack. This is the person that, um, that will remind you where you're feeling lack. Here in the fourth place, our most forgotten love, you write about a quality of a person that reminds you of your, of your most forgotten love. And then somebody who represents the quality of your mother and father, be it good or bad. What, you, what are you afraid of the most? A person that represents this fear to you. And then the self-perception, again, it could be inflated, but usually people have a difficulty admitting it to themselves, that their ego is inflated. And it's usually a negative um, uh, connotation here about the self-perception. So who is, uh, who in your life is, um, um, how do I explain it? Who points to a, a low self-confidence uh, self, uh, in you. Somebody in your life that shows you a quality that you have and you don't want to have, that, it, that you perceive yourself to be below your natural human state of being. So take five minutes or three, four minutes to write down a name on each line. I hope I'm not uh, too fast in interrupting this exercise, but uh, as I said, let, let's uh, review them at the end. So I'm gonna continue with the third, um, let's call it a pillar of of discovering meaning in life and business. And this pillar is uh, your mindset. This is um, nourishing and growing your success mindset. 
and it has to do with self-confidence, it has to do with self-awareness. Uh, and there are lots of techniques that you can apply every day to reach this state of success mindset. So uh, whenever you apply a technique and whenever you find new information, I'd like to briefly guide you through the steps that go in, go inside your brain in order for you to reach this state of, of mind, of successful, um, successful minds, a success mindset. So let's say I were to say now, remember the a time when you were very successful. What is the success that you reached? Can you remember? And I will tell you that people usually have a difficulty uh, writing their successes. If I say, write down three successes that you've had, and they start questioning, was I really successful? Would other people see it as a success? Was this really a success? What was the big deal that I actually achieved? I don't think I've ever had any successes. This is the the mindset most people have because they don't recognize that um, the success is according to your judgment. It's not how other people see you. It's not how society would judge you because uh, if we face it, society is not what media portrays us as successes. If you were to ask five people around you, can you tell me what successes I've had if they know you well? they will probably tell you a different thing than what you expect to hear uh, according to societal judgment of what success is. Um, and if you think about it, if you, if you are in sales and you have a sales target, let's say you need to sell 5,000 units this year of whatever you're selling, and you're selling 6,000 units this year, will... This is again the uh, it's like the utility of um, of salary. It's the utility of success. Will this success do you good? Will you feel more successful, or will the utility even diminish? This depends mostly on the level of your integrity between what you're doing and what you define as success and your values. Are you acting with integrity towards your values? And this is the only way you can measure success. So if your values are only sales, 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 which are, as a matter of fact, for very few people, money is the highest value for a very few people. As a matter of fact, uh, you would have to be somewhat impaired, mentally impaired, if this is your highest value. It's just simply impossible from human nature. But if your value were money and you're overshooting your targets, sales targets, then you would say, yes, this was my success. But otherwise, you would look for successes elsewhere. For example, um, I went to a university that, that was... Um, um, highly selective and I consider this a success or I managed to gather the money for this and that in a very creative way and this is a success for me or um, I found a loving partner and this is a success for me or I raised I don't know one two three beautiful healthy children and this is a success for me so these this is the way you define your successes 
only according to your values and integrity. And what you usually do is take the feeling of success and apply it to the next thing you want to achieve. But this is a technique that I will discuss uh, in a bit. Now I would like to walk you through the four steps of perceiving information. So if you were to say, um, I am now going to achieve, I don't know, let's, let's ask Anita, what does she want to achieve? Anita, um, do you have a goal that you want to achieve at, at work? Um, I would like to, uh, so I have a sales job, <laughs> like you mentioned before in the example. Um, so I would like to um, achieve um, the top, um, top sales for this year. Okay. And why? Um, because at the moment, um, well, it, maybe it doesn't align with my values, but um, my company places a, a high amount of reward to the people who do that as, as an achievement, as opposed to other things. So... Okay. Yeah. Well, we we would have to analyze this in a in a longer um, session, let's say, of, of what is really your drive behind, uh, because uh, the question so, is whether the question is now for you to think whether you're driven by fear that you that you may be sacked, let's say, if you're not a top performer, or whether you're driven by uh, a competition or by team spirit. I mean, the drive is something that you would need to analyze because your drive will be the biggest motivator for you to achieve these sales. Yeah. Okay. So you, you would have to, the why is what drives people. And um, so, okay, let me explain now uh, about the success mindset, because if, if you were to say, I just want to achieve these sales and I can do it. And you start uh, making affirmations every day. I'm successful, I'm achieving these sales. The way, uh, I'm gonna mute you again and I'm gonna explain because there's some noise, but, but feel free to, uh, to type or unmute yourself if you want to comment. So the way we perceive information goes through five, uh, four stages. The first one is unconscious competence, unconscious incompetence. So uh, we don't know that, um, that the way we feel about success or the way we understand success or the drive behind what we want to achieve, in this case, the why, is what will bring us success. So we're unconsciously incompetent. We don't know. We simply don't know. Or we don't know that if we were to write down um, our goals, and infuse them with feelings, uh, this would actually work. It's mind programming because it, it has a very scientific uh, reasoning behind because this programming unleashes creativity. So you're gonna know subconsciously how to sell more. So these are things you don't know, right? You're unconsciously incompetent. Maybe you know them, but I'm just giving an example. Uh, when it comes to success mindset, they're unconscious unconsciously unknowing then there's the next stage 
where you're consciously incompetent, you know now that you, ha you have to apply these things, uh, but you don't know how. So you know that you don't know. Now you know. Before that, before I told you, hey, you need to know your drive, you didn't know. But now you know, but you just don't know how. The third stage uh, is um, conscious competence. So it is when you know how and when you start consciously doing it. So you know that every evening I need to remember my successes and infuse my goals with the feeling of this success. And I need to write it down. This is just one tool that you can use, one technique for building a success mindset. So this is conscious competence. Now you know. Every evening I sit down and I remember my successes. I joyfully sit in this feeling and I write down what I want to achieve while I'm in this feeling. And the final stage is when you are um, when you don't need to um, think about it anymore. It just becomes natural and it's called unconscious competence. So you're not consciously thinking about it, but you're competent. So you know that if you call out this feeling of success or if you if you know, if you have installed in your mindset that you always succeed and that you always achieve what you set your mind to, this is already unconscious competence. And this is what we're all aiming at when it comes to mindset. These are the four stages of receiving new information when it comes to success. And let's call it positive thinking, although it's a bit worn out from all the new age um, um, teachings. Uh, but in the end, you would need this positive mindset and the, an expectation of success. And you can build it on top of your previous successes. Um, so again, I, I don't want to bore you with too much theory. And that's why I said we're going to be uh, doing reflections and practical exercises. So I'd like us now to take again uh, two minutes or three minutes to remember our successes and, and to write them down. So write down what you consider a success. Write down a few of your successes. If you can write three successes, that's perfect. If you can write five, even better, because that's when you recognize that you have, that you're able to do that. So you, um, recognize your ability for success and you also recognize that successes are not necessarily is externally judged so what you consider successes take two two three minutes four minutes to write that all right so would you like to, um, we, we're coming to the end of, um, of this webinar and um, I thank you very much. If you'd like to discuss now what, what we talked about, we have some time left, but before we do, um, I'd like to tell you what, uh, what trainings I'm offering. So I, uh, 
you know, in my title on LinkedIn, you'll see a trainer in business with meaning, but this actually um, has, a, has a wide scope. As I explained, the main pillars are um, self-awareness, so growing, uh, so improving your mindset, and this has to do with leadership as well. So everything that I explained here has to do with leadership because you can't be a leader unless you're a leader of yourself first. Uh, then the relationships, how you manage your relationships and how you recognize um, why certain people act a certain way. This, this has to do not only with keeping the, your integrity, the integrity of your values, um, but it has to do also with putting certain boundaries uh, to, to people when you recognize what they're um, what they're instigating in you, what kind of feelings and why. So it all has to do with self-awareness, self-observation. So the relationship was a second thing. Uh, and of course, there are communication techniques that you can use to improve these relationships and to change a certain relationship for the better. Um, and the first thing was discovering your purpose and fitting your purpose in your current job. So that's the training I'm offering. And also with a, a colleague of mine, I will be offering in the very near future, uh, a training called, uh, I want, therefore I can. Um, and it all has to do with, uh, with clearing old models that stop you from achieving what you want to achieve um, and from for uh, building confidence, for actually building all these positive um, qualities that a good leader would, would exhibit. And, and this training is available in a smaller version as an online training, but it's actually meant to be uh, a physical uh, in-house training or, um, or a team building. But at the moment, I understand that that's, you know, due to the restrictions, this cannot be offered. But we are planning it anyhow for later spring and summer. So the, the, the whole training is designed uh, in a game format. So there will be very little lecturing. It's all uh, understanding through playing games. So these would be physical games, also mental games. Um, we've already designed it and uh, it's just a question of putting it together for the, uh, for the right purpose, you know, whether it would be in person or, uh, or online, because, you know, playing games online is a bit more difficult than playing games in person. But uh, just putting it out there in case any of you is um, in HR and are looking for um, team building event or a training that is very interactive. So less lecturing and more action and learning through playing because we all learn through playing, not only the kids. All right, so uh, Anita, Ishley, would you like to discuss anything uh, about the questions we talked about so far? I can stop recording at this point in time. Thank you for your attention for everybody who would be listening afterwards. And to you, of course.